Hello, bold and conscious leader. Welcome to our new and refreshed 2022 season of the Bold Conscious Connections podcast, where we bring to you people who have shown special courage, character, and consistency to express themselves fully. After all, as long as we're alive, we want to live a full life, don't we? So our guests that we bring demonstrate that they do not want to die with their gifts because we're all meant to be given gifts that we share with others. And this is how we play our part in raising our collective consciousness in this world through this podcast called Bold Conscious Connections. So without further ado, let me bring on our guest today. For the first time, we'll bring you an episode here that connects consciousness to the developing technology out there, such as AI, machine learning, and all of which Enric de Geer calls synthetic media. So this conversation with Enric is so delightful. I hope you get some nuggets out of this. Enric de Geer is a consultant at another DAM consultancy. He calls it DAM consultancy. He assists, advises, and advocates for his clients through that consultancy. He has previously worked in the fields of advertising, automobiles, construction, education, finance, journalism, manufacturing, marketing, media, retail, and technology. Enric's also an active speaker, a podcaster. He has nine podcast shows. He's an author of nine published books. You can go on and on really here. He works remotely. Have you meet this man who is so multifaceted? It's, I haven't met anyone who has such a prolific uh, author, writer, and, and the plethora of things he's done in his life which he will tell us uh, a little bit about. Um, so, Enrique de Gior, is that the right pronunciation of your name? Henrik is a consultant and, and uh, runs a company called Another Damn Consultancy. This is DAM, Digital Asset Management, not to use it in any other bad way. Um, so, Enrique's going to tell us a little bit about who he is and what he does, and we get right into some of the conversation about all the amazing things you do. I wish you thank you so much for making uh, uh, the time and having me on your show. Uh, again, I'm Henrik de Gior. Uh, I'm a consultant, a podcaster, a speaker, and a uh, nine times author. Uh, so I have nine podcasts and uh, working on my 10th book now uh, in 2023. Well, the operative number is nine, huh? <laughs> for now. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, I met you a, f a few weeks ago, and uh, we, we met in an author's, uh, in a writer's uh, club, uh, thanks to you, uh, Enric. So I've just been so um, taken by all the knowledge you possess in the, in the life that you've had so far. Uh, and the, the topic that we were going to delve into a little bit today was synthetic media, which encompasses so many different things. And rather than me butchering what it means, how about you tell the listeners what it is and why should they be interested in this in today's world in 2023? Sure. Uh, so it's actually the title of my book, uh, my ninth book, uh, Synthetic Media, The Next Reality. Um, what is synthetic media is is your question uh, and, and probably the, the ask of anybody who's listening to this uh, since it's not uh, on the tip of everyone's tongue um, is basically media that's created by machines. So it's not artificial media. It's not media created by humans, it's literally created by artificial intelligence. 
uh, generative AI is, is one of those. Uh, we're hearing things like ChatGPT and Dolly and a few others. And uh, you're you're going to see uh, text to video, like literally you text, you type in text and you get video output without any studio, without any models, without any lighting, without any microphones. Um, you you get text to video, text to image, like Dolly, where you text you type in a sentence and it creates the image that you just mentioned. Um, um, that that's coming to many uh, uh, photo studio photo uh, stock photo agencies like Getty and Shutterstock uh, very shortly. Uh, where if you don't find the exact image you need, you can make the image have it, it be generated based on well, I wanted that image, but I wanted the people with glasses, or I wanted them without this other thing. Um, and you can just type in what you want. So you don't have to wait for a photographer to go create it, which is just mind blowing for, for creatives. Um, and it's not taking away jobs. It's actually empowering them. If you think about it, it's taking away the, the need for technical, uh, uh, skills to a degree, um, to create. So it's now on us to be more creative whether it's it's video, whether it's uh, image, whether it's text to text, where I, I create a, a small sentence and I get an, a, a paragraph of, of information just by typing in a couple words on that is very contextual and original. It's not a, a grab from the internet. It is 100% authentic, which is a little bit frightening. Uh, unfortunately, it's leading to people cheating in school. And now it's also leading uh, to students getting caught doing that, which is fascinating. Um, but beyond just text and uh, what you see and what you hear uh, um, and what you can uh, listen to, um, as far as media as we define it today, what it also is, is doing is redefining what we are going to define as media in the near future. So normally we, we, we understand written, video, uh, what we hear on the radio or, or, or on our phone, et cetera, uh, as far as music is, is concerned. Uh, now it's going to be what you can not only hear and see, but feel, taste, and smell will be the future media that will actually be machine-made, which is fascinating. And it'll be it'll be prompted by a human saying, I want a smell that looks like, th that smells like this. I want an uh, a taste that is like this. And that's already been requested and already, it's already been tested. It already exists. It just hasn't been mass produced as far as the, the tools to make it available for us. So the gloves that give you tactile feel down to a 10th of a millimeter, right. To feel something right to a 10th of a millimeter, which is like nothing, right. You, that those are enormous. They're like five times bigger than my hand right now. So that's not for everyone, uh, uh, plane manufacturers, car manufacturers are using them to prototype a, to, uh, a vehicle uh, before it exists, so they can feel it. Uh, some some uh, uh, aircraft manufacturers are using it to sell the plane before it is built, which is fascinating. Um, so there's so many opportunities there as far as media that machine will be creating and making available to us to open our minds to more creative uh, uh, endeavors rather than limiting us to only the the creative tools that we had technical knowledge around and that that's going to open up a lot of things so that's synthetic media for you in, in a nutshell
Wow, it's a complicated nutshell, though, <laughs> because yes, you know, <laughs> so so hopefully most of the people you know in our audiences are you know there could be anybody obviously, uh, but for for my particular audience tends to be you know mid forties fifties people in corporate corporate life who are running you know different businesses and companies etc. Uh, I know that companies are already adopting a lot of it, uh, but as far as the individual, I mean, you mentioned that this doesn't affect. It should actually empower people, not to that the people will lose jobs. But you know, I go back to what has been well known that you know we only tend to use a very tiny, tiny percentage. I won't. I don't know what the percentage is. I used to be three percent, five percent of our brains. And if this happens, if it becomes real, what you're describing, then should we not be even more scared that we're going to be utilizing even less of our brains in the future? As if we could, more, yes. more. Yeah, we could. To, to your example, uh, it could create more spam in an automated way. It could create more cheating. It could create things uh, that like, it's writing articles as we speak for, for a variety of publications. Mm -hmm. It's writing cookbooks without ever diving into recipes. It, it's, it's doing a pile of other things that uh, is too numerous to, to name. Mm -hmm. It's creating training videos uh, of, of people that you've never seen before telling how, what what you need to do to do whatever is, you need to or uh, in in said business so it, it, there's a whole variety of things that that are possible with less effort to your point but it still takes someone to prompt it it's not auto prompted by the machine um, it someone has to nudge it and nudge it in a specific way so there's um, there's a term called prompt engineer right which is basically how original can you come up with a, a a phrase to make it nudge to nudge it the right direction um, when you're doing a text to some kind of output, and and that that is a I'm going to say an art, uh, not a science, um, of of how that works. But to your point around the consciousness and and the 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 effort, um, it's going to be more creative effort than than uh, intellectual or logical effort, if you will. Um, if that makes sense. Right. So, so the use of the brain is an intellectual, you know, idea, right? Versus the consciousness is the, the creative part of that brain, you know, is not, is not really, uh, the same thing, right? So that's what you're saying. It's a, it's a no, distinction. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yep. I looked at some of the references, uh, that you gave, um, I mean, chat GPT less than six, eight weeks now into, into the market and it's taken, you know, people by storm. Um, and you showed me some of the examples like Synthesia, Synthesia and I, I watched the video that you guys put together around GANs. So all of these things, uh, you know, be they machine learning or machine learned created, do you not, considering or given what I do, bold conscious leadership kind of stuff, which is deeper into the consciousness of, you know, who we are and it relates mostly to the heart centeredness when we talk about being in the moment and living in the present, isn't a lot of this synthetic media that you talk about and some of the examples that we, we've gone through in uh, like Synthesia, we could put some notes in there. I'll put, put some notes in for people to go check them out. Is it still not based on the past? Because it's, you know, everything is a reflection of the past and how do I see a future that does not exist? If that's what I want to mm -hmm. see, not to your point about the plane, I mean, if somebody imagines a kind of plane that 
somebody wants to, to build and it's already, you can smell the inside of a plane or maybe touch it or feel it, et cetera, and certainly see it and, and, and hear it. I mean, it's still based on the past. And how can I see a future that doesn't yet exist in, you know, through these synthetic media? So, so to your point, yes, we, all, we very often rely on the past to create our future, right? And we iterate based on that. We, we change it iteratively and in small steps, typically. What, what, what this is, is, a, is a, a fairly big game changer in the sense that you can film the unfilmable. You can create images that are not possible with a lens or with our current technologies in the real world. You can create smells that don't exist yet. You can recreate tastes that no longer exist, that did in the past from plants that don't exist anymore. All these things are possible, which opens up the mind to different ways of thinking because most people aren't thinking. To your point, they're thinking about the past and they're relying on that to your exact point for their next steps. It's like, well, I had success doing this, so I should do this again and again and again and again. And that, that's, uh, I'm going to say, you should challenge that to seeing how you can do it much better, much faster, and potentially even less expensive by using some tools like this. It, it, not necessarily all three uh, in all respects. It's definitely a way to, to expand the possibilities a lot more in the sense that don't rely just in the past because the, the past is how we've done things in the past and now you have a new opportunity again and again and again and it's it's like shooting uh, film where you had to pay for every single image you took and now you have a digital camera and you take infinite amounts of pictures and it costs you close to nothing right so you have infinite number of tries it costs you almost nothing uh, because these tools are fairly, fairly inexpensive at this point in time. Um, it, people aren't monetizing them significantly right now. They're still in heavy development and they're incrementally changing dramatically in weeks, if not months, uh, sometimes much more than the programmers ever could imagine. That's how fast it's moving. In one year, uh, literally in, in 2022, we watched things get from very rigid to fully flexible, it looks like they're doing yoga with uh, um, avatars, lifelike avatars that you cannot tell that they're not human because they have the micro gestures. You can control every single micro gesture. Just absolutely amazing. Um, Emma? That's right. Ziva Dynamics? Right. Yep, Ziva uh, Which uh, I dare you to see and tell. Uh, it, it was so amazingly lifelike that they were immediately bought by another studio after they, they released that. Because it, while it's not an inexpensive uh, avatar, you basically digitize uh, someone's face or you use a face that's already in existence and you can make them do anything you want. Now, to some people, that's scary, right? Mm -hmm. And there's been um, you know a checkered past in the, the deep fakes, right? The, that made the news for the last handful of years. Yep. That's how it started. Most technologies start in the nefarious, if you think about it. Yeah. Um, Photoshop, for example, everyone thought that when Photoshop came out, everyone was using it for porn. <laughs> Remember that? <laughs> now we're well beyond that, right? <laughs> Bitcoin, blockchain, well, that that still has a checkered past here and there, but it's doing a lot more than than just, you know, 
uh, Silk Road, if you remember that that story. Yes. Yep. So we're going beyond that, and and it's a matter of challenging those and seeing the, the other possibilities beyond the nefarious, because the nefarious is how things get started, and they often have the money and the means and and the uh, interest, let's just say, not so positive interests, uh, to making that so. And then people see that and they go, wait, I could use it for this positive endeavor. Whoa, that should be amazing. And that's exactly what happens. So in my podcast, also called Synthetic Media, I interview people mostly about the positive endeavors of this. Uh, like I interviewed the person who came out with uh, Deep Tom Cruise, where they synthesized an actual um, impersonator of, of Tom Cruise and they, they, they basically uh, replaced his face with Tom Cruise's face. So that he, Tom Cruise would be doing things that you normally wouldn't ever see him do. And they're actually quite humorous. And his whole purpose was to put a smile on people's face, to, to do entertainment. Because remember, where did comedy go? Yeah. You know, remember? <laughs> it disappeared. <laughs> so we may as well, you know, try that again. <laughs> well, many Tom, Tom Cruise uh, is working. A young looking Tom Cruise, you could still have Tom Cruise alive and well and, and act in films in the future, sounds like, right? Yes. Yes, that's absolutely. Cool. And so uh, actually, if you think about it, there are actors and other celebrities that have that have fully synthesized themselves. Sure. And they're still acting, even though they've retired. So okay. one, one perfect example is Bruce Willis. Mm. So, so well-known actor. Yeah. He synthesized himself. He's still in ads. And he doesn't show up to the ad uh, shoot at all. He just sends his avatar and they license his avatar for an period of time. They produce the ad they want as many takes as they want. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and get, they get to borrow his voice and, 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 uh, and he gets still gets paid the same amount of money. He still gets paid a million dollars an ad. Oh, oh darn. What, what's the problem there? Right. Oh no, no, much better than that. Much better. <laughs> it's an actual, like it, when you see the ads, it, you're, you're, you're kind of like wondering, like, what happened? Where, where's it going? And often this is in other countries, interestingly enough, because Europe is actually in the forefront of this. Europe, not the United States and not as much in Asia, hmm. shockingly enough. Not yet. And so the Americas are, are kind of behind, to be perfectly honest, because mm -hmm. they there are more, I'm going to say, reserved in the sense of uh, privacy and, and rights and things like that. And well, in Europe, they have those too, but um, they're they're more open to comedy, <laughs> and and things like that. So 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 they they were much more willing uh, because you know their their second favorite uh, indoor sport is not lawsuits in Europe. So that, that's that's a, a big big game changer there. Um, so it's it's very popular uh, in Europe. I can't name how many of the I, I've been tracking over two hundred companies that do synthetic media, uh, in all respects and. Uh, the majority is in Europe, interestingly enough. That is interesting. Well, so in the work of this, you know, I don't like to have my future be dictated by the past. So you, it's heartening to note what you described that if it's going to open up more possibilities and we're going to embrace the unknown, we better start embracing the unknown now and not worry about like, oh, I learned this from my mistake and therefore it validates how things can go wrong. We can't go by that. We just have to say, okay, well, th that's all gone. Now it's a new. How do we think about this differently, right? Or, or just see how it works. Yep. Exactly. Uh, and the barrier to entry is, is if you can log into a screen, mm -hmm. right? Like 
to watch this video for the sake of argument, you can, you can, uh, or, or listen to this audio, you can uh, type in something and see the results almost instantaneously right. within a few seconds. Same thing with chat GPT. That's just a, such a simple thing. As you said earlier, mm -hmm. you know, we no longer have to do a search, not saying Google search, any search. And then you, you get these links where you can then have to go research and, you know, go validate whatever your data is that you're looking for. Here, you don't yeah. have to do that. You, you get pretty solid, as you said, authentic information. I mean, I may not be 100% accurate, but pretty accurate because it's based yeah. on... Oh. As accurate as Google results will give you. Right. If you well, think about more, it. More more, <laughs> probably. <laughs> potentially, <laughs> potentially. I mean, some of it is is sometimes uh, not 100% accurate. That, sure. that, that's that's a known thing. Just like Dolly results are, are not always perfect, let, let's be honest. There's going to be errors, just like if you type in something or not enough words into Google and yeah. you get the first hits and you're like, not really. That's what I was, what I was looking for. Right. right? So, so same thing there. So, yeah. um, and, and honestly, Google and, and, and Microsoft are very interested in competing in this and they, they, they already are, and they have ownership to a degree and a stake in this. They're really interested in entering this game really soon because it, it, it's going to help their platforms. If you think about it, right. and it's going to help their users too. And eventually, it's going to make people a lot of money. Right now, they're 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 raking in the companies who are doing this are raking in millions of dollars in in uh, in funding to continue growing and and building these tools, uh, which is a great thing. And it'll continue developing. And there, there'll be hiccups here and there. Like um, the one of the major questions is um, the the data sets that they're using, massive data sets, but are they ethically, you know, scraped? Where are they coming from, right? So, so, so you'll see some lawsuits here and there. We'll see if they have teeth or if it falls to the wayside. We'll see if it changes the game. Um, it likely will change some things, as as you mentioned. ChatGPT has has grown significantly since its introduction. Um, there was, I think, a million users within a week or so. Yes, which is unheard of, right? Typically, ten million as of three um, weeks ago. So, I don't know what the numbers are now. Yeah, it, it, it's only growing. I mean, I tried to log in earlier uh, last week, and I couldn't log in because they were still I'm on a wait still adding servers. I'm on a wait list of some sort. Yeah. So, before we let go of this subject, but as far as its impact on employees of companies, because everyone, mm -hmm. you know, in this these last two or three years have been basically uh, gotten on the defensive. You know, mental issues, well well being issues. Corporates are fa focused on more well-being issues and you know caring more for employees, et cetera. But yet there is still seventy percent dissatisfaction and lack of fulfillment in work in the workforce. Is this going to help it, or is it going to hurt it? That's a great question. So there have been some some synthetic media tools that can sense uh, mental illness mm -hmm. and spot it based on your voice, based on your, how, how you react in a video profile. And so if you need to track it, there, there are certain professionals that, that will use the, the software to, to, uh, to help and find trend and, and identify it faster and then diagnose it faster as well when, uh, when it's necessary, right. To, to prevent, you know, a variety of things that, you know, we don't even have to talk about because mental illness is rampant, uh, sadly. And so, so yes, it, it, it's not only about creative, but it's also about what are the use cases for it, right? It's not only about creating new things, but finding new avenues uh, of not only business, but uh, of, of assistance, right? 
Um, so it, one, it's one question mental issues or it could be anything, right? Dissatisfaction with the work I do, I'm disgruntled or, or just not happy. And I don't have the confidence to go jump and look for something else out there because I don't know, is that better? Is that, but this particular synthetic media applications being becoming more rampant and becoming more prevalent, how does that impact employee? You know, as I said, negatively or positively. Uh, I don't think it'll affect them directly for for a while, unless they they want to try it out and or they they have a, a purpose to to try it out and use it and see whether the results compared to something else, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, some some businesses will probably are are probably going to be more attracted to this more than others. Uh, potentially, uh, the creatives, the the um, the marketing, the um, uh, folks, but um, I, I think it, it's a matter of wanting to try it versus needing to try it. To your point, it, it is a choice still, right? Some people are afraid of yeah. because they, it was it was uh, it, before ChatGPT, it was mostly image based, which you would think is harder to generate images, moving images such as video or or still images uh, like photographs. Um, and and that had a personal nature that was tied to it back to the deep fake porn, for example, which was fairly rampant. And there's, I mean, porn's not going to go away whether we like it or not. That That's the sad reality. And it was assisting it because it would create v revenge porn, you know, very simply. That's a, a fear factor for a number of people for obvious reasons. P uh, people are becoming victimized by it. Then there's all the other things. So when ChatGPT came out, there's no image, right? There, it's literally just text. So, and we text all day long, right? It, whether it's on a computer, or on a phone, or whatever. Text removes the image barrier, right? Like, oh, how are you going to use my likeness today? Whether yeah. I'm male, female, or whatever, yeah. right? It's a matter of taking away the fear as well. So, or or reducing it by saying, okay, this is a lower, better barrier to entry because it's just text, right? Mm -hmm. It's not your likeness. I'm not making copies of you, right? I'm not going to have you say or do something that you've never done, right? Uh, nefariously or or whatever, or with ill intent or or without your consent, more importantly, yep. um, and things like that. If that answers your question, it's it's a matter of wanting to try it versus uh, needing to try it. Mm -hmm. um, I think the wants are coming to the top right now. Right. Okay. So it's a well, it's a rapid test environment. It seems like as more and more people are at least wanting to get the sense of it. I mean, look at how, what's that application that went crazy with imaging, with the photos, Lens, Lensia, or is that, is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Well, everybody's yes. changing their avatars and pictures on Facebook and like perfectly designed, you know, person's face. Mm -hmm. Well, uh -huh. of course. took by storm too. And uh, of course. Yeah. Well, if it makes you look better, how many people don't want that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't name of many who don't want to look better. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I could talk to you about this subject forever, but I just want to know, because in, in life, where we are today, not to be driven by the past, but certain things have happened to us that are our turning points. Or some people have trauma, some people have something negative, something happened to their loved ones or theirs, whatever, or themselves. Are there any... Any particular turning points in your life that you can that you can talk to, that brought you where you yes. are? I, I do know that your history you you, you were a, a student of art history. You were a photographer. 
I mean, it's always been digital for you, right? It's never, it's been something of that almost 25, 30 years in this, in this, in this space. What is, what is it that's brought you here to, to this? And it's going to change again, given the, the multifaceted yeah. person that you are. Absolutely. Yeah. So, 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 um, I went to school for photography. Uh, so my dream was to become a, a photojournalist. So I did. I went to school for it. I got a. Were you born here, or where were you born? In the I US? Was, You're an immigrant, right? Is that right? I, I was born in Belgium. I was born oh. in Belgium, but then I, I, then I moved to the United States. Yeah. As a young uh, child, with my parents. Hmm? Yep, me exactly. Uh, and then I went to school uh, for the most part in the United States on the East Coast. I went to university for for uh, photography. Uh, got my degree in that, and then uh, I, that was an associate's degree. And then uh, I was I realized um, that I may need more. For some reason, because you know the resume requires more, so I went to get a BA. I was like, I was contemplating, oh, okay, should I do this or that, the other thing. So I finally settled on art history. Mm -hmm. um, full disclosure: I've never used that degree. <laughs> I've used my <laughs> associate's degree <laughs> plenty because I, I was a staff photojournalist for a decade, a professional photojournalist for a decade. So I, I covered many incidents and and things that happened in the Washington D.C. area, where uh, that was my stomping ground. Uh, so worked well, way too much and spent way too much money on camera gear, like most photographers. Um, uh, but eventually I saw the, the writing on the wall. So, so full disclosure, my tenure as a photographer was from 1996 to 2006. And uh, right around uh, just before 2006, uh, I noticed the writing on the wall where the market was shrinking significantly for, for photographers specifically. Um, these micro stock photo agencies, uh, were selling images for a dollar, right? That doesn't mean you make a lot of money when you sell an image for a dollar <laughs> and, and the salaries weren't getting better and the jobs weren't coming as, as frequently. So, so I saw the writing on the wall and I was like, well, how do I pivot from being a photographer, photo editor, et cetera, to, um, something that I see more future in a longer future, a longer trajectory. That shift, to your point, was taking what I already knew about photography, which was sizable amount of, of information, and realizing that, well, there's a there's a scale of, of high adventure, and for, for the most part, low pay in photography. So what if I shifted that, right? And I say, okay, well, I'll, I'll sacrifice adventure for higher pay. And what is that? Well, it's work that no one else wants to do. And that, what is that? That's digital asset management. There's very, very few of us. There's about 10, 20,000 of us in the world. Uh, there's about six of me that, uh, in the world that actually do exactly what I do without uh, uh, associating myself to a specific digital asset management vendor. And so I'm a consultant in digital asset management and I'm vendor neutral. There's over 400 digital asset management systems in the world, and I don't specialize in any of them purposefully. So there are very few of me and people like me, and then there's a number of people that work in digital asset management because it's work that people don't want to do, and but it, it, it's a need in most organizations. Now, what is digital asset management to define that? It's the managing of digital media meaning audio, video, text, graphics, photos, and we all create them on a regular basis, whether it's on our phone, for work, whatever, right? Like just like this video, this audio, right? 
And now imagine being in a, a company creating thousands of these, hundreds of thousands of these, millions of these things, right? And then needing to see them and share them inside the organization to repurpose them. So you have to be able to search, then find, then use, and then potentially reuse and repurpose it to get the maximum return on investment on it. And that's the purpose of digital asset management. So I work in the metadata field. I work with digital asset management. I work with the, the fields and the things to find the stuff that people have already created so that they can repurpose it and reuse it as much as possible legally. Um, and not many people want to do that. And that, I'm okay with that. And I encourage people to chat to that. that. Why do people Because it's boring. Because it's, it's very boring. It's boring to most people. When I try to train people on, on how to do metadata, they, they, they thought, I was like, oh, this is going to be data entry. I'm just going to copy it from this spreadsheet to that. No, you have to like think. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You have to use your brain. <laughs> and then you have to use standards. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so so th there are industry standards to one degree or another on a variety of things. But there there's a lot of different use cases so every organization I can think of uses digital asset management. And, and I have another podcast, one of my many, called Another Damn Podcast, D-A-M-Podcast.com, uh, where I interview everything from the Vatican to the Pentagon, mm -hmm. from big box stores to fashion organizations, fashion companies, using digital asset management, right? Mm -hmm. So they all create media. They're not just media companies, right? They're not just, you know, podcasters. They're not just YouTubers, right? They're, they're, everyone's a media company now, right? Whether you like it or not. That doesn't mean the entire company has to focus on it. But there has to be someone uh, uh, curating that library so that you can find it again. Because if you can't, what's, what, what's going to happen? You're going to have to recreate that thing. If you can, good luck with creating recreating historical events or... <laughs> Or you have to buy it again. And that's what have to, happens over and over and over again. I can't die, find that photo. Oh, well, go back to Getty or whatever and yeah. buy it again. <laughs> and again and again and again. And then people get tired of it. And they're like, wow, I spent that much money on finding something over and over again. Or I can't find it. I created Someone else created it a week ago. Right? Mm -hmm. and, and this happens with Fortune 500 companies just as much too. There's a well-known Fortune 500 company that will be remain nameless that shot their sandwiches huh. in every country that they're in. The, ch the sandwich did not change in every single country. Hmm. Right. And right. then they spent a million dollars on an ad, one ad, a single ad, and they couldn't find it again. So it took them three people, 10 days to find one image, one video. So it, it's a problem for everyone. Hmm. And, and like buried in a server somewhere. So you you, you the, it could be buried anywhere, right? Yeah. Thumb drive, yeah. your computer, yeah. mine, sure. share drive, cloud it's a big something. Individuals and families, right? Because we don't know. So you are mm -hmm. able yep. to help organizations, not individuals, but organizations to help them help with the system so that retrieval is easy. Is that the bottom line of all this? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yes. And therefore so you it should be in more. seconds. Yes. Exactly. It should be it should be you type something in that's relevant. You get some relevant results and you find your image within seconds, preferably under a minute and download it and you can use it for 
the respective purposes that you should be able to use it for. Gotcha. Well, I have, in my limited interaction with you, I've noticed how organized you are. So that's Thanks. a skill that, that's, that's not easy to find for sure. Not to mention all the, the brain work you do and teach people how to think, because that's, that's something we'd lack in, in, in school as well. We do not people right. teach people how to think. They only teach them what to no. think. So, uh, so you have multiple podcasts, consultations, publications. So all of this that you've been doing, building and stacking up your experience on all the things, what is your big idea? And, and in other words, what is the message you're trying to send to the world? Uh, I think there's several. Um, it depends on the audience too, honestly. Uh, so, um, talk about you. So, the audience will change, and you'll you'll pivot and give them what they need. But I'm just going to say, what is it? You know, what to, is to agree, yes. <laughs> uh, well, I, I want to help people as much as possible, right? Uh, that's why I became a consultant, uh, not for the gainful employment, but of because I can help as many companies as I want because I'm independent. And, and, uh, I, I basically came up with a, a few rules, uh, which anybody can, can use honestly, um, to figure out what's, whether it's dealing with uncertainty or, or how do I, how do, why do I take a job? Right. That kind of thing. So, so it, it it's, it's a matter of setting boundaries and, and understanding why I would do the, this versus that. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the first things is, uh, you know, are, are they listening to me? Right. Because as a consultant, if they're not listening to me, why am I there? Uh, am I being compensated well? That's kind of important too. Are they treating me well? Well, uh, not always, but you you see the writing on the wall pretty quickly. <laughs> if, if, you, if, if you're not, and more importantly, can I make a difference, right? Because it, if I can't, wh why am I there, right? It's like, if you're listening to me and you go, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. It's like, so, so what? It's like, well, if I can make a difference, it's like, well, why am I talking to everyone? I know I can't change everyone. I'm not there to change everyone. I'm here to help the people who want to be helped, right? And if they don't want to change for the better and improve whatever they need to improve specifically, uh, whether it's in digital asset management or whatever they're trying to, whatever that endeavor happens to be. So so I, I do a lot of startup consulting as well. I'm very, very happy to, to mentor uh, startups uh, when they want to listen. <laughs> so uh, not all of them want to listen. <laughs> <laughs> because they think they know it all. And they're like, okay, well, good luck. You're going to, uh, you'll learn the hard way. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, I, I let them fall on their face if, if they don't want to, right? I, I, I'm totally hands off. It's like, okay. Well, uh, and and I, I've led teams that, that way where where they didn't want my, my uh, they didn't want to practice, right? Their startup pitch, right? And, and they're like, are you sure? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah I'm okay with that. It's like, and, and, uh, this, this is a pretty good story. I've been sad in the, in the beginning. It's like, it's like, are you sure you don't want to practice your pitch? It's like, no, 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 we're, we're fine. We're, we, we know, we know our information cold. We're, we have PhDs and no, 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 It's like, okay. And so obviously you're a specialist, right? And it's like, okay. So, so you, you know, your idea and you're gonna, you're gonna knock it out of the park. Okay, great. I, I look forward to seeing it. So, so they get up on stage in front of a, a, a sizable national audience and they bomb. And they bomb so hard that when they come off, they are crying, crying, uh, because they realized they were not prepared at all. Just because they had a blah, blah, blah degree or 
they, 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 their ego was, couldn't fit through a double door or whatever. Um, you know, that, that's not, that's not a reason. Right. Uh, but again, it's, it's help the people who want to be helped and don't help people who don't want to be helped. It, it's, it's really clear cut and simple. It's, it's, it's vicious sometimes because it doesn't matter who that person is, whether they're close to you or not. Yep. And that's the hardest part of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, whether it's a spouse, child, uh, loved one, friend, best friend or not, uh, uh, or, or somebody you know really, really needs help for whatever reason, whatever that help is, is if they don't want help, they want it. You, know, you yeah. cannot help. Them. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so, so that that's that's probably the 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 realization, the hard realization that you you have mm -hmm. to adhere to, because yeah. uh, you can't you can't be you can't help everyone. And you cannot, um, you can't, you can't help, uh, you can only help the people who want to be helped. So in terms of your messaging, so that's about helping people who want the help and you're there to facilitate that and empower that, that that's your big message, right? In a particular yeah. space, it doesn't have to be digital. Today it's digital media or synthetic media could be something else tomorrow, correct? Mm -hmm. True. Yes, absolutely. I, 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 um, I purposefully pivot my ideas pretty pretty well. Uh, I, I analyze what's working, what's not. Um, so with nine books on completely different subjects, mm -hmm. uh, you can tell. <laughs> yes. You guys with, with, with nine podcasts. Yes. It's nine podcasts. These are nine podcasts, not episodes, series. No. So for those yes. listening to us still and watching us, there's be a, a plethora of things underneath the show, in the show notes here. So um, do check out all of this stuff. I, I've been like, barely scratched the surface on some of them, but there's so much information and in what you produce. Amazing. So yeah. what title yeah. would you choose for the movie about your life? I'm sorry, which you? Sorry? What title would you choose? Again? What title would you choose for the movie about your life? Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, that's a good question. I have not thought of that. Uh, I, I just recently saw some biopics, which, which we spoke about earlier. Uh, which which were fascinating, honestly. Uh, so so uh, the earned life is taken by Marshall uh, <laughs> Marshall Goldsmith. Well, I love what <laughs> he said. I do. Do not coach yeah. people who don't want to yeah. be coached. Waste don't waste. Your yes, time. yeah. Exactly. This is true. This is true. Yeah. Uh, so so I, I I've always looked up to him. And and as far as the title for a movie about um, I know you were prepared life. for this. You you could just yeah. I, I, I'm going to say uh, uh, persistence wins. I love that. Persistence wins. Okay. Persistence wins. So along the same lines, if this was your last day, how would you choose to spend your last day? You're a very young guy. I'm not even talking about your, you know what I'm <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, if, if I if I was uh, terminal for the sake of argument, regardless of whether it was my old age or something else, right? Um um, probably doing the, the, the things I, I love the most, right? So spending time with my, my, uh, my lovely wife, um, uh, probably wouldn't be creating that day, uh, cause I, I have, uh, a, a, a number of things already created. <laughs> so I, I don't need to spend my last year, my last hours uh, editing. <laughs> Since you have your boundaries. <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. I do. Uh, I, I may put that on autopilot m even more, uh, but, uh, uh, a lot of that has already been on, put on autopilot as far as creating media without my assistance anymore. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's a that's a, another conversation. <laughs> so you're creating your avatar already. Your 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 new. Uh, are you creating your? I have. Oh, you have. I have. Yeah. Really? Yes. Yeah. So 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 so. You'll live forever. The, in theory, uh, my virtual self will. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so so there's there's a business there for that, right? Where 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 even after your 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 favorite whomever, whether it's a loved one, actor, celebrity, whatever. Uh, uh, can continue acting in theory in perpetuity if they want to. Yes. Uh, some people are putting it in the world that they do not <laughs> purposefully. <laughs> they want to be very, very dead, <laughs> which is their choice, right? Versus, you know, creating another thousand movies a year <laughs> if they wanted to <laughs> uh, for their for their uh, 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 trusts or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, it, it's always possible, but um, yeah, I, I think it would be doing what what I, I love most: um, uh, spending it in nature, enjoying uh, the uh, the people around me uh, that are enjoyable, uh, and um, and yeah, that that's probably what I would be doing in the last yeah, this, day. I wasn't trying to make the morbid question, so but forgive me. No, no, it's something I found interesting when mm-hmm. when I was asked that question. Um. Well, I'm mortal, so so it's, well, it's fair. Yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely mortal. So uh, you know a little bit about bold conscious leadership, which is all the movement we started about three years ago, and that's what I live for, uh, for focusing on people who need the help, but are relatively conscious. They're just not as bold as they would like to be. So that's the work. That's the work I do in coaching. What is when I say bold to you, and we have a definition in our book about you know the five five part definition about what bold is, just our definition, not not yours. Sure. What, is, what does bold mean to you? Uh, I would say it's it's uh, courageous. Um, it, it's um, minimizing fear as much as possible. Uh, eliminating it is hard, right? But uh, uh, minimizing it as much as possible, so that you 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 act, you take action, right, um, on whatever that thing happens to be um that that would be my definition of bold um because if if you don't pull the trigger on something right um you're just gonna potentially have regret if if you're the opposite of bold right mm-hmm. and and die with that regret potentially speaking which i think uh when i was when i was mentoring a 88 year old startup um, uh, uh, one person was an, he was 88 and he, he had an, uh, he had a, a startup and he, he had this, this thing, he had this awesome project and he's like, oh, I, I don't know what I should do. It was like, it was like, well, what's, what's your big idea? What, what, who, who's your audience mm-hmm. uh, for this? Uh, cause I, I kind of knew who his audience was. was like, well, I should approach this, this, this organization about it. And it's like, okay, well, so you're 88 and I know what the lifespan of a, of a male in the United States is. And well, you're, you're on bonus time. <laughs> so, bonus time. And, and he knew that. Yeah. So, so it's like, so you can either pull the trigger and do it, or you can regret it and go to the grave with it. Mm-hmm. So which one would you rather do? Mm-hmm. E-contact that organization. Yeah. Whether, whether he got the end result that he wanted, that's a different. Doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. But exactly. He yeah. knows that he tried, right? Mm-hmm. And he tried and tried and tried and he did the best he could, right? Mm-hmm. Uh 
and that's the most important thing. You, because in my my belief is you, you there's no such thing as perfection. Perfection is uh, a myth. It's right. it, you cannot define it, and it changes. Mm -hmm. So right now, it's I'm going to say it's going down. <laughs> so and and you know in a few years it might go up, but it changes. Mm -hmm. uh, and and so it's an unobtainable goal. When you're doing your best, you know what that is. You can define it. Right. It's like, I, I'm going to do my best for whatever that is. And that that's bold too. Right. Yeah. Versus I'm going to do me mediocre today or just good enough, yeah. which a lot of people do. And we know that. Right. Yeah. So, so that, that, that's, that's what my, my definition of bold is. That's beautiful because ultimately it's about, the it's about the progress you make rather than, you know, you can strive for mm -hmm. perfection and it doesn't exist, but if you don't make progress or you die with your gifts or importantly in this point that you're making, right? mm -hmm. well, that's the regret you're going to mm -hmm. have. Right. Because you didn't take that action. Well, yeah. I don't want to call this company because I don't know, CEO, whoever, he might say no. Well, right. It's okay. Exactly. We'll tell you, yeah. talk to somebody else. Who knows? Right. We've got to move forward. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I'd rather die empty of ideas yes. than regretting I didn't ask that person that question or, or about this thing that I really, really was. Mm -hmm. was itching to ask them, right? Whatever that is. Yep. So moving to conscious now. To do all that you do, and you're very creative, you got to tap into that part of your soul, mind, heart, whatever, that allows you to produce and create. Mm -hmm. That requires some kind of sustenance of some sort. I don't want to use the word discipline, but maybe that. What practices do you have on a daily basis that you that allow you to raise or keep your level of consciousness relatively always elevating. Mm -hmm. That's fair. Yep. So, so uh, I've I've analyzed it for a number of years. Full disclosure. Um, it starts with sleep, shocker, um, and and proper diet, um, and uh, and measuring what is working and what is not. Not just journaling. Not just saying, "Oh, I'm grateful for this," or "I'm really sad about that," or whatever, but um, or "I'd like to work on this better," but uh, tracking like what's working and what's not, and how you're feeling about it, and and literally what it has worked and what has not. Um, so so I have a um, uh, this is borrowing from from uh, Marshall Goldsmith, and actually he borrowed it from Ben Franklin. Yep. Um, I have a online survey that I created myself in a Google form with twenty some questions. That includes like how many hours of sleep did I get, uh, how many, what kind of exercise did I do, and all that, and I track it. So on a daily basis, it asks me at the end of the day, well, what did I do today as far as uh, how how much effort, how much skill, how much uh, how how uh, how sad was I, how happy was I, et cetera, et cetera, about just the day in general, right? Uh, and you know, did I do something for someone else, et cetera, that kind of thing, and and track that and see like, okay, so was I more productive when this happened or was I less productive when this happened? And you can see the results if you're honest with yourself. You have to be really brutally honest and, and it's not hard because most of these are on a scale, right? Yeah. There's not even entry of, of text for a lot of these questions. So it's literally just a scale on, on a zero to four scale. And uh, so it's either zero as, as far as none, like, I, did, I don't feel guilty today. Next. The end. <laughs> it's like, okay, next. 
that's a zero. Okay. Uh, versus, oh, I forgot to, I forgot to, my wife's anniversary. Oh, <laughs> or something. <laughs> or something like that. Right. <laughs> Which would be terrible, but I have a reminder for that in my calendar. <laughs> so, so it, it, it is, it is about, uh, uh, measuring and, and looking at my calendar, following my calendar because you know, that I have one calendar, one, even though I have a work calendar for, for whatever client I'm working for, it's reflected in my pers personal calendar as well, as far as when I'm available and when I'm not, as far as when I can take calls with friends, I schedule my calls with friends. Mm -hmm. I schedule them. I know that, right? I know exactly what part of the day, week, month I'm going to call, call them. And they know as well, because if I talk to them every single day, I have nothing to tell them, honestly. And they probably have not that much to tell me about this. You know, so, oh, the weather's great. <laughs> That's irrelevant. <laughs> That's it. I'm sorry. Uh, the weather is important. I track the weather too. It's like, oh, because I noticed that the temperature, I, I live in South Carolina, so uh, as you do, and, and the, the temperature affects my productivity, interestingly enough. Wow. So when it's too hot, I don't operate. I relax when it's too cold. I'm very productive. That just happens to be how I'm built. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, hopefully that answers that question. Sure does. Sure does. So, um, we are, we could go on. We'll probably bring you back on another, another version of this, uh, something else, digital media related, I'm sure, or something else. Um, before we sign off, just wanted to know where they can find you or, you know, other than the things that we've already talked about, is there a particular way that they can reach you? Sure. Yeah. You can find me on LinkedIn at Henrik de Gior. Um, you can also find me on, uh, Henrik uh, where you can find all my podcasts and my books uh, and, uh, even schedule, uh, calls with me if you wish and things like that, uh, and see what I'm doing. I, I write, uh, a blog on occasion there. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you can see all the different kind of podcasts I'm, I'm doing, uh, whether it's, it's the ones I mentioned or the other seven that I didn't, <laughs> uh, that may be of interest to you, um, full disclosure, they're all niche. Uh, so, so the, there's probably something in there for you, um, or your family or, or someone else that you know of, um, and, and maybe something for you, uh, if you have that, uh, interest in that niche as well. Uh, but there's a description to every single one. Issues? Like I know there are nine podcasts, but just which what which series might be of interest? You think just in general? Sure. Yeah. So so one one that may be of interest to to more people than others, uh, I would say is Aging in Place, where I I uh, I uh, produced that podcast with a a, a, a fairly well known uh, doctor um, uh, who talks about how to accommodate anyone at any age, at any any physical ability at any time, in any stage of life, uh, for aging in place, uh, which is basically, you know, uh, not just your forever home, but, um, you know, living where you need to live, when you want to live, how you want to live, not just, you know, oh, I'm too old. I need to go to a home, right? There's, there's other options nowadays, especially nowadays. Um, uh, the other one is another damn podcast, which we mentioned another damn podcast.com. Um, I was asked to create uh, blockchain billions where I talk about blockchain, um, not just about crypto, uh, EIR podcast, which is, uh, EIR is entrepreneur in residence where I talk to uh, yep, coaches, startups, uh, um, uh, entrepreneurs, uh, my damn services, which is a company I co-own, 
uh, where we talk about our different services. Uh, it includes digital asset management as well as synthetic media services, uh, rights.tech. Um, so uh, rights uh, in the sense of intellectual property rights, not human rights. Um, uh, synthetic media. Um, that's, of course, what we talked about early on in this uh, um, uh, uh, interview. And as well as uh, tagging.tech, where it's talking about metadata created by machines and by humans. Um, and uh, lastly, the my last podcast is around uh, user adoption, meaning how do users adopt your product or service? Uh, and I talk to wide variety of companies, uh, both hardware, software, restaurant owners, uh, you name it, uh, with uh, people who are learning how to better how to change how they do uh change um how, to, how they change um how they uh, uh user adoption to the to, to improve it to improve user adoption is basically uh that and then uh, i have a number of books uh, related to a lot of those podcasts um and and yeah that's 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 how you can find me so henrik com. very well so we'll be putting all that stuff in the bottom um I was actually going to offer a free gift to my audience here if they would just reach out to me uh, and I'll put my details in there. So for for staying through the end of this, uh, I'd love to share with you uh, a free gift, which I will mention in the in the show notes. Um, is there anything else from your perspective you want to close on, Henry? No, thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. No, it was a real pleasure. My goodness, I learned so much. I, I learned so much talking to you every single time. So... Thanks. Appreciate the time, and uh, and uh, we'll back to you very soon. Excellent. Bye now. I really hope you enjoyed this episode today. We strive to bring you conversations that make you think, reflect, and perhaps inspire you to take even one little step in your path towards personal growth and greater wisdom. Please download the show or the podcast episode that you just heard and leave us a comment so that we can continue to bring you meaningful and relevant topics in the future. Take care and thank you so much.